Hello everybody and welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast, the original Alien and Predator podcast. This is regular host Aaron Percival aka Corporal Hicks and joining me as always is my fellow Comtech, my fellow Predator Shrine and less interesting is my fellow Predator Queen. The Predator Queen? Did I say Predator? Alien Queen. <laughs> fellow Alien oh, Queen. Predalien Queen maybe. In the game? Yeah, In the that's game. That's right. Ridgetop. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the other monikers. Thanks. You know what? Normally, I would re-record that one, but that, that, that one's good. I like that. And also, making his podcast debut is the reason we're all here. I certainly wouldn't have bothered if it, if it was not for him and the foundation that he'd laid many years before we all came together. He is the technical backbone of the website, the guy who does all the extra information that we aren't doing because we're focused on the um, current events, shall we say. He is the founder of AVP Galaxy himself, Darkness. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on joining us for the podcast, finally. After, after Darkness. What, what did you say it was, Adam, the other day when you did that post? Was it 12 years of podcast? Yeah. No, your first podcast you did with Mike was 2011. I believe. 12 years of podcast and he finally makes his debut. That's funny. We were, talk- we were talking off the camera, weren't we? And it's not really your thing. Yeah. It makes me laugh because I'm such an antisocial person that <laughs> suddenly has to do all this stuff with uh, all of my fellow nerds. But yeah, it's nice to have you on the show, Dave, finally. Yeah. So we're actually going to be doing a retrospective on EVP Extinction. But before we lead into all that, as is tradition, when we have a new guest on the show, we've got to learn about our new guest's history with the franchise. So I'm going to hand it over to Darkness for how we got involved in Alien and Predator and the website. I think it was during the, the mid-90s that I remember that ITV were showing like the Alien trilogy, like on, on one weekend, like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I watched it through. It stayed up really late to to watch each one. I think, though, I was already, though, quite well aware of Alien before that, though. So I do think that I I must have already seen Alien before that because I was very aware of it. Just can't quite remember when, though. I remember, I think I'd seen Aliens as well, maybe before that as well. But Alien 3, I think that was maybe the first time I saw it. I've always really liked the Alien films. I think growing up, I was always like watching Nightmare on Elm Street or... Halloween. I was quite big fans of them as well. But it was always Alien and Predator, really, that I had this fascination with when I was younger. Predator, remember vaguely renting it at the video rental store back in the 90s as well. But again, it's like with that one, though, I feel like I was already aware of it, of the franchise before that. So I think I'd, I have seen them before that. Um, but that was about 96, um, maybe when I was about 10, 11 years old. Obviously, DVDs were just coming out in late 90s, early 2000s, and I immediately got the um, the Alien Legacy box set. Legacy. Yep, that's right. Got to remember it was like 90 quid when it came out in UK, and there weren't hardly any extras on it. I remember getting mine from HMV one Christmas for like 80 quid. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, and... So I, I was just absolutely ecstatic to finally have them on, you know, in my collection. And Predator... Again, I, I had the, the two-pack DVD box set, 
which didn't have any special features on at all. And then in 2001, they brought out the special edition of Predator with all the special features on. And, and that's when there was a demo of Alien vs. Predator 2 for the uh, PC. I had no idea there was any AVP games or anything like that. I wasn't even aware of AVP as a franchise. You know, I remember the skull in, in Predator 2 and that, but I wasn't really aware there was, you know, a connection. What about the older games? When uh, I bought my Sega Saturn, I was about to get Alien Trilogy with it, but they refused because I was too young. So they, uh, they swapped it out and put Tomb Raider in instead. So that would have actually been like my first... Alien game, yeah. Tomb Raider is also a really good one. Though. Well, yeah, I was going to say Tomb Raider was like groundbreaking at the time, wasn't it? So, and that were a 15 certificate. I think it was 12 or 13. Back to the Predator DVD, I got the AVP2 demo. And uh, at the time, I was just getting into PC stuff. I'd got my first PC in 99. So I started getting into PC games like SimCity, Rollercoaster Tycoon. And then I discovered this AVP2 that there was a game of my two favorite franchises. And then I played the demo missions of the, the predator and i thought oh my god this is absolutely brilliant you get to play as a predator you can switch all the vision modes and i was just playing it over and over again and then i eventually got the full game the big sort of pc box in the in the day that used to do i miss those actually instead of just well you don't even get pc games now do you it's just digital cards all on and stuff. steam usually or one of those other storefronts yeah something we all lament isn't it as well that one yeah i liked having the, the boxes on my shelf and stuff and then I was at college at the time, and I think after my first year of college, I was sort of wanting to make a, a website about something. And at the time, I was very much playing AVP2, so I, I decided, oh, let's let's do something about that. And I, I did, like, the summer 2002, creating pages and stuff about it. Was that the free save? Yeah. What on My here? God, how do you remember that? Because I'm a nerd and I remember our history. That used to be my ISP uh, at the time. Uh, I had no clue what the hell I was doing. Uh, just because I, I, I was thinking, you know, is this something maybe that I want to do uh, as a job? Website design stuff. So that's that's why I did it. But I was always doing like, you know, fun little projects in like Excel and coding and stuff like that during college. I should have really just done web design, but there wasn't anything like that course wise. It's the exact same thought I have about spaffing away college. Yeah, and so yeah, I launched the site in October 2002, uh, just as a, a fan site for the for the game. I always used to visit Planet AVP quite a lot. But you always liked Shipley, didn't you? I never did. I was an AVP news kind of boy. Do you know, I don't really, can't really remember that much visiting AVP news. It was always Planet AVP that were my sort of usual haunt with for news and stuff. But and at the time I was just like, you know, when Shipley were posting news about the site, I was like, you know, just wow, I can't believe he's he's actually posting about my site. And I was ecstatic about it. After that, obviously, you know, the game died down. I thought it's not gonna last forever, is it? A game. So I branched out to the movies and, you know, started focusing on the films and getting back to that. And that's what the site encompasses all everything now, but it's very much based on the, the films and what they did. You exploded with AVP. That, that, there's no other way to describe the the way the, the website's popularity and, and reach got back then. You know, you literally exploded. Yeah. yeah. 
I kind of just wish I were a bit older because I feel like I were, you know, I, I didn't even have like a domain name or anything or web hosting or anything like that. And I was just surfing from free web hosts to, to wherever and then Planet AVP. And then, and obviously when movie came out, AVP, I just, what was all this time I've wasted on, on a fairly poor move. Although I, I do like AVP. Well, I don't say I like it, but better now than I thought about it at the time. Um, and obviously since Requiem came out, I feel like it's a hell of a lot better film <laughs> for that. <laughs> Isn't there a word for reevaluating your opinions on films because subsequent stuff's much worse? I'm sure there's a word or a, f- a yeah. phenomenon to describe it. But yeah, that's definitely the way things have gone. Yeah, it's sad really that a poorer movie has to come out for you to go back and reevaluate the one that you saw. It's, I feel like that with The Predator. Because at the time, I didn't think it was that bad, The Predator. I, th- I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than Predators. Get out of here right now. <laughs> I saw Predators in the cinema and I know you I know you two love it, but I just felt like it was more or less a remake of the first one, even using the, the same music. So I thought I liked the Predator for doing something different. And then when Prey came out, I thought, oh, that is absolutely brilliant. I thought, I know I need to go back and reevaluate the Predator now because Prey was just so original, wasn't it? And completely fresh to anything we'd ever seen. I think we also cannot praise Prey enough, can we, Adam? No, I mean we all love that one. Phenomenal. Yeah. And it's nice to finally see it get some merchandise this year, finally, and hopefully some a t-shirt. release. But yeah, I mean, thank you for doing that, D, like for starting that site when there were other fan sites out there. I think we're probably the last of the OG of those fan sites, you know, most of the well, others. Fan, fan sites don't exist anymore. It, it's fan groups and fan pages on Facebook as, as a community, as a website. Yeah. We, it's just not a thing anymore. It makes me sad because I remember the days. I remember the days of a new website popping up like every other month. And yeah, a lot of them didn't stick around. And sometimes some of them turned out to be dickheads <laughs> running them. <laughs> but that time in the late 2000s all the way up to 2010, mm. that was fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, yeah. the community, the sense of competition we all sort of gave each other as well. But also, you know, the, the friendliness. I mean, me and you were competitors, weren't we, yeah. when we started? But, you know, here we are 20-odd years later working, you know, on the same place. It was a good time. Yeah, I do miss that sort of era though with the you know people did use forums and and that was all the bulletin boards and then obviously facebook came out and changed changed everything I, I do see the benefits of facebook but i do miss the old school forums and stuff like we used to go on avp freaks didn't we uh, me you and ian and mm-hmm. had some fun times there i mean we all, we all had our own boards as well back then didn't we I never even heard of AVP Freaks. I had mainly gone to Planet AVP and AVP News, and AVP 2 seemed to be pretty significant for all of us getting into this stuff. And I would go to AVP Galaxy back then as well, but it wasn't really until the hype for the movie started building that AVP Galaxy was the main one I visited because that was the one where you guys were just so consistent on the upcoming news for the movie. Well, it was just day. It was just day at that point. Oh, well, you were, Michael, then. Back in 2004, yeah, I, I tried to sort of pull my finger out and start reporting on, on every little facet of the, the AVP film. You still didn't like the books. You still didn't like the books and comics, though. I, I, like, them, I like them a lot more now, and I have gone through them all. Well, the not the crossovers. I'm still they're still on my list, but I have uh, recently gone through all the, the Alien Predator and AVP comics. Good. I remember having to fight you on that. It, at one point, I just... 
Yeah, I always sort of, what's the word, just completely disregard stuff in the comics because it's so out there, the expanded universe, and a lot of the concepts are so not really what you're going to see in a film, are they really? That's why they're fun. It lets them play. Some do different things. I'm never, I'm never gonna see um, Blue Marsalis in the films, and that's that wounds me. But I at least get it in the books. And folks are gonna be like, "Is this just a nostalgia episode? Mm. <laughs> are you talking about extinction?" I mean, in some ways, it's gonna be yes, because we are the the point of this episode is a retrospective discussion on Aliens versus Predator: Extinction, which would have been also the first game that you covered. As it was, no, it wasn't as it was coming out. It was towards the end, wasn't? No, it was. Um... I remember covering, uh, when it was called Natural Selection, I remember sort of the occasional news post in 2000 and early 2003. I always had like a negative opinion of it early on because I, w- I was very much into first-person shooters and I loved AVP too. And I couldn't really believe that they were sort of abandoning the first-person shooter genre and not only that, but abandoning the PC fan base. I can see why they why they did it at the time. It was obviously more profitable, wasn't it, to put out console games and that's been a fairly constant, I think, since since those years. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how many units Extinction sold. Actually, I don't know if it's anywhere, but I doubt it was more than AVP two. But I didn't really think much to it, and I I just disregarded it and just didn't really post about it that much. And real time strategies is something that I've never really played before. That I, obviously Command and Conquer were quite a big thing, wasn't it, in the nineties? Mm-hmm. And I remember playing the demos of that. That had a port on the PlayStation One. Is that right, Adam? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with the Command and Conquer series. Yeah, I think so, though. You know, you would see some RTS games make their way to like PS One. Yeah, and um, I can't imagine you know that many people who were fans of avp2 and that would be that interested in real-time strategy so i just completely disregarded it when it came out i remember renting it from the the rental store and the days of video game rental we are this old guys and it's a lot of money really back in those days 40 quid for a game so i I just rented it quickly and played through it i remember frantically writing down all the in-game canon stuff for the website and getting it all written down that's one thing I probably would never advise, though, is to sort of blast through a game in a short space of time. I feel like if you're going to be doing reviews and stuff, you should take your time with it. Don't rush it. And after that, I just, you know, just swept it under the rug. Just forgot about it, really. I mean, I was, I, I had a PlayStation 2 and uh, I loved, you know, SSX, one of my big game. Oh, that's right. SSX Tricky. That's yeah. one of my faves. And didn't really play on my PlayStation 2 as much as I should have done, really. So I wasn't really a massive console gamer until maybe the PlayStation 3 came out. And it was about three years later, 2006, when I, I finally bought the, the game again on uh, eBay and uh, gave it another go and thought, hey, this isn't actually as bad as I, I originally thought it was. And I quite enjoyed taking my time with it and playing it through and definitely i never i never played the original starcraft i know that's what the inspiration was and i don't know if you guys have played starcraft 2 have you not not to the original yeah and pretty much the zerg is the aliens protus is predators and the terrans are the marines you have the alien quotes in there you know i i very distinctly remember the dropship sort of dialogue we're in the pipe five by five yeah, and StarCraft were very much inspired as well by AVP. Mm-hmm. As a concept, yeah. Yeah, and it were after that, really, that StarCraft 2, 
is everything really what I wished AVP Extinction was. And because there's so much stuff in, in StarCraft 2, what they did is really, really good. And Company of Heroes, I've been playing a lot on that uh, real-time strategy in World War Two recently. And again, I, I'm very much into sort of real-time strategy now. So I can look back. It's very, very light is AVP Extinction. It's you've not, none of that sort of base building and it's just unit management but i think they sort of had to do that because it was a console game and controls are going to be extremely difficult and i were playing it through on the emulator just prior to this and uh, yeah it's it's not too bad the controls are all right I did notice, like, with the Predators, I wish you could select your shrine at the same time and doesn't seem to select it. And Yeah. It's right. There's a trick to that. You just have to do the one of the shoulders and hold it at the same time. Yeah. I just think AVP Extinction could have been so much more. But I think that they did a really good job, though, I think, with the setting it in the franchise and, the you know, the classes. I mean, some of the classes uh-huh. in there we've never really seen in any subsequent games, like the Hydra, is it Blazer, Predator? Vanguard. The Ravager as well, you know, the carrier. I never really used carriers because me either. I didn't want to sacrifice was it my Praetorian? Yeah. I always just opted for a Ravager. You can't beat that, mm-hmm. can you really? So I never got to use carriers. That people's heads off. Yeah. I think it was the um the last piece of AVP expanded universe material before the film, was it not? Yes, because I think Thrill of the Hunt came out. Yeah, that was a little bit after yeah but at least here it came out around the same time so it would have been like a four when did we have it d we got it october america got it august the film yeah, yeah. Was august the film the thriller the hunt came out october time at least over here alongside yeah. the film i remember i remember picking it up alongside my uh movie maniacs six seven no it was the hick model hmm. yeah i thought six was when they they did the the whole alien thing, or maybe that was seven. Maybe they started with six. I can't remember. Or it might it might have been when it branched off into its own line, actually, because there was there was the box set in Movie Maniacs, then there was a line in Movie Maniacs, and then I think it got its own. I, got, I think it got its own figures. But it was the Corporal Hicks model. I, I went and picked up Corporal Hicks and uh, AVP Thrill of the Hunt, and then went to watch AVP at the cinema in October of two thousand and four. And were you also disappointed <laughs> at the time? I. Well, let's not talk AVP. All let's right, not all right. We won't get into that. We'll save that for another episode. But yeah, I remember I was into a few RTS games as well. I mean, mainly StarCraft at the time, but I was also into the um, Mech Warrior games on PC, and that had had its own RTS game, Mech Commander, that came out after those. But yeah, other than those, I didn't have too much experience with the genre, but you know, I was really into starcraft at the time and so it was cool because i had always felt like oh yeah that's inspired by avp so now we get the actual avp as an rts so i was all for the idea even even way back then as much as i loved avp one and two on pc it was cool to see it kind of switch up the formula and i think i was a teenager when this game came out and i was really hyped for the avp movie at the time so getting the game I got it for the original Xbox, played through all of it at the time, and I did really love it. But yeah, revisiting it now in preparation for this on on emulation, I still love it, you know, but it does have its shortcomings. It does have its problems, its quirks. But yeah, you just have to wonder at the time, you know, development cycles, they're, they're still crazy, but I'm sure even back then they they may have been even crazier. So we don't know what kind of constraints they they had. So overall, I really do 
love the game, but yeah, there's there's some serious flaws with it, I think. Especially now returning to it, I think I saw those rough edges a bit more. The crazy difficulty spikes out of nowhere with some missions. But I think you were right, Michael, in calling it RTS Lite. Because yeah, it does not focus on the, the base management nearly as much. Or really at all, I guess, unless you... Well, I you kind of have your bases, right? The, the queen could be described as a base. Yeah. And, and building the hive around it. And you're setting up little temporary bases when you, as the Marines, when you find like the micro atmosphere processors. And so there's also trying to get more, more currency to buy more units to upgrade your units as well. So it does have those, those RTS elements, but yeah, they, they did have to kind of keep it light because management is much easier with a mouse and a keyboard for those kind of games when things start getting more complicated. But it works on a controller fairly well. There's still some odd things where it gets a bit convoluted, like assigning different groups to the D-pads I never really used much. You found that convoluted? I mean, maybe not. Maybe convoluted isn't the right word. It was like two buttons. It's like, no, I mean, you had your whole d-pad it's like assign different groups to it but i'm like why wouldn't you just all keep them as one group all the time because if if it's a larger group you're more likely to just survive you know do your flanking maneuvers i see <laughs> i i guess you were playing this uh, in more advanced tactics than i was only for one level only one part of one level when i split my forces up and anything else to say on the initial impressions adam or are you uh i mean overall again i still love it it was the first game, I think, in AVP to try something. I mean, we had really had our first-person AVPs, and we had had our side-scrolling AVPs at that point. So it was the first one to really try something different. And we're seeing that now again with Dark Descent, which we're really excited for. Cannot wait. That one, more real-time tactics, I guess, more akin to XCOM. But I'm sure it'll share some similarities, you know, just the top-down isometric perspective. It's one of the things people start pointing out pretty much straight away. Yeah. Was, oh, th- this looks kind of like an RTS light, like um, Extinction. So, yeah, people saw it. But it's something like the first AVP game I got for console while I was very much getting into the fandom for the first time. It was great. And it'll always have that nostalgia factor helping it out for me, I think. But it would be awesome to see like uh, a remaster, you know, have Night Dive Studios do it or something, finally add competitive multiplayer. That's the thing that's that's odd too, is it's just campaign. You think of what they could have done with that. They weren't really doing procedural generation at the time, but if you just had like, here's a procedurally generated level or whatever, and it it just seemed so ripe for, for multiplayer. You know, Xbox Live wasn't really established at the time, but I think that format of what they built, if there was a multiplayer mode, it would have functioned really well. I think they, they were going to possibly add multiplayer, but I think because at the time, there was, was there like an online adapter for PlayStation 2? But not many people really had it, did they? So yeah, you had to get an additional network adapter for the PlayStation 2. The Xbox had an Ethernet port built in. But from what I remember from the interviews is that at the time they were working on Extinction, Sony and Microsoft hadn't really made the technology available to developers. So rather than delay the game and try and wait and implement it after the fact and push back development time, they just went, let's just do it. Let's just push it out as is. But I still... So I, I, I understand and can forgive the lack of multiplayer in the game, but I think it's the lack of skirmish that's mm-hmm. not as forgivable because, I mean, even back then, I th- think some of the other RTSs must have had a skirmish mode back then. So that seems like a pretty big omission, which I think is is pretty much probably the game's one of the game's biggest flaws and drawbacks for me, you know, even after all this time. 
So what's, what's my story? What's my story for the game? I don't remember really following it during press. I, I remember seeing bits and pieces on AVP News and bits and pieces on like Planet AVP. And I still remember seeing some of the early screenshots. And I was always up for it because unlike UD, you know, I had played StarCraft as a kid. I'd played it quite a lot as a kid. And the very obvious Alien and Predator and Cloning Marine influences were one of the things that I really liked about StarCraft. It was a, a surrogate, a substitute AVP in an RTS form. And so, you know, even even back in school, I remember drawing concepts for an, an alien and a predator RTS and, you know, what the interface could sort of look like based on, on uh, my experience with StarCraft. So I was always very much up for the idea. I never finished it as a as a kid, as a teen. I never finished the game because my first copy of the game was stolen by a boy a year older than me who I'd lent a copy of the game and I'd lent him my copy of AVP, the novel, you know, for the film. And I never got them back. And I eventually got them probably around the time, you know, I joined up with you, you know, when I was in college. And I remember staying up late, playing them on my Xbox and I never finished the game. You know, I didn't mention the um, the difficulty spikes. I got to the last mission on two of the campaigns. I cannot remember which. And I got to the sixth mission on one of the campaigns. And I can't, I can't remember which. I just couldn't get through them. At the time, I found it very difficult. But I'd never had... I never had a bad memory of the game. You know, I, re- I remember thinking it worked really well on the controller. I remember thinking the concept really worked for AVP. I still think that. But for some reason, I just... The, the console games of this era, you know, Concrete Jungle and AVP Extinction, I never really revisited. The PC ones I'd play again and again and again. But for some reason, not the PlayStation, not the Xbox ones. But when, you know, when I saw the anniversary was coming up, I was like, well, it's time to finally change that. Let's talk about it. Let's go replay the game. Let's try and hunt down some of the devs and get that, you know, get a story of of the development. And I fucking loved it. I had so much fun replaying this on emulator. We used some of the graphical tweaks just to to up the clarity of, uh, of the graphics and for the time, you know, it still even looked looked good. You know, the, the models were detailed. I think, if anything, it was just some of the level art, the environmental art was a little bit on the dull side. You know, this is something we talked about, Adam, in our first Let's Play of the, that first marine mission. I think the game is it's most visually interesting when it's in the jungle, when we're in some of the, the interior bases, you know, the alien hive and stuff like that. But I, I just had so much fun. I think all the units worked really well. I maybe wouldn't want to see things like the Ravager or the Carrier in other other media or the stories because it feels uniquely suitable for this kind of game and, and the unit variation that they're trying to meet in this game. But for the genre, I think it's brilliant and I love it and I had so much fun. I do totally agree with Adam, though, on some of the difficulty spike comments, you know. The second Predator mission in particular, if you watched our live stream of me attempting that for the first time, I think that was the most frustrated I got with the game. Yeah, I watched you uh, playing that and it was just, I did feel so Hard work. I just kind of wish, though, that they had have put difficulty level modes in. There is, it's in the options. Yeah, we were confused about that at first. Is it's, it? it? You have to go to the options on the main menu and then you can change the difficulty. But even on medium, it's some of the levels were rough. Mm. I mean, prepping for this podcast, I did have to use cheats to complete the game. But for our Let's Play, I'll be I'll be playing it legit. I'll be playing those levels for real. But once you got to those later levels, it would just get brutal. I mean, you do have a unit cap limit where the, the highest one is for the aliens. I think you can have kind 45. of close to yeah, 
45 units for the Marines and the Predators. It's usually in what, like the 20s or something? 25 for the Marine, like 20 for Predator, something yeah. like that, I think. So I think it's 12 for Predator, isn't it? 12, something. I think it might depend on the, the mission as well, because I know some of the missions are more specialized to you have a smaller group and you don't have ways of, of making more initially in some of the missions. And those ones I found really interesting, like the alien one where you're escaping from the lab, you have to find Oh, that was so aliens. much fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the Predator 2 one only ended up being difficult because I didn't really know how to play the Predator in the end. You know, it's that was nice as well. There was a, there was variation in the ways that you should play. You know, you should play these characters. And I eventually learned that the Predator one should be skirting around the outside. It should be isolated pickings and skirmishes rather than getting into the thick of it because then you up your on account and then you can calling more powerful units and then you can get into thicker fights so that second mission where i'm trying to run into the all the units outside and then just get absolutely railed was uh, a bit of a learning curve i eventually ended up going around all the way around the map cloaked to get into the base where there wasn't as many people and then picking them off inside to you know earn the resource so that was probably the most difficult I found this playthrough, apart from the final two marine missions. There's a little bit of trial and error involved in how the game wants you to play or the best ways to play it. So like the sixth marine mission, it was you had to kill these anti-air, predator anti-air turrets so you know like the dropships could get around. And the moment you took one out, you just got every predator on the map just came for you. And it, it wasn't until I eventually found one particular AA turret where there was like a little gully where you could set up a nice kill zone because I didn't get overwhelmed and failed the mission. And then the, the final predator at the final marine mission where you're in the predator base was a fucking rock solid rock solid the base looks really cool too the base looked cool it's like i said you know with the different environments uh look great like that but yeah i ended up having to split my forces on either side of a corridor on one particular bit and try and bait the predators into coming down so i could kill box them as they came through and that those three missions were the game at its hardest i think but if you know, if you're unprepared for them at the time, like I was on that Predator 2 mission, yeah, big difficulty spikes. But in general, I didn't think the game was terribly hard. You know, I, I think I thought it was easy to pick up the differences if you did the tutorials. That helped as well. You know, that explained the ways to play each species. But yeah, really enjoyed it. You know, I'm not oblivious to its flaws. You know, the pathfinding is probably the game's biggest issue. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah I had so many when I was playing the uh, emulator. So many just wandered off on their own to the other side of the map. I, I couldn't really be bothered to go get them. So I thought, what's the point? <laughs> just let them, let them die. Just let them die. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's a problem unique to this game. You know, I think that's a, an issue in RTS in general. I won't say that. I've never had I've never had issues like that in StarCraft 2 or other RTSs where they just wander off. Maybe older RTSs then, should I say. Mm. But I think the more complex the map gets, the worse it can get. I mean, as good as that last Marine mission was in the Predator base, those corridors were narrow. And when you had a group of Marines in exosuits going through those narrow corridors, they would just get completely lost unless you were like point to point to point to point using those waypoints. Well, I think it was any sort of enclosed environment, you know, like some of the caves, the marine base, you know, any sort of enclosed locations like that was when the pathfinding was at its worst, especially the Predator Shrine. But yeah, that that would really be my biggest issue with the game. And I don't think it was, it doesn't ruin it for me. Maybe it's because I also kind of expected it or kind of remembered it being a problem. So it was kind of like, didn't pee me off because I knew it was there and a little bit of nostalgia forgives it. But yeah. 
I'm aware of the problems. I would still call it a solid game. And I think if you were, if you like RTSs or if you want to try something, you know, you're an AVP fan and want to try something different, I think it's a good game to give up, to pick up and give a go. Who wants to start us off with specific points though? Anything else? Well, I was, I was going to say the story. We start off with this just awesome CG intro cinematic. I absolutely love that. Yeah. I remember watching that on a on a DVD that came with like one of the magazines that we used to get at the time and just being absolutely fucking blown away with it. You know, when I watched that, well, to be honest, I think that is the best part of the game for me is that sequence because I always sort of think how great a anime or CG sort of series would be set in the AVP universe. Uh, and I still think it's like one of the best, you know, segments I've seen, really. I always love that part. Even more than the films? In terms of the anim- animation, I, I really liked, really liked that sequence. See, I, I totally agree with you. You know, ever since seeing that, you know, I grew up on Roughneck Chronicles as well. So, you know, being exposed to CG animations of adult properties, I've been like, where's where's my Alien and Predator one of these? And it makes it even more wounding to me, this CG animation that's vaulted up in Disney somewhere because I love those. It's the same guy who did the later Starship Troopers animated films. And it all sort of stems back to, you know, this intro piece and those Roughneck Chronicles CGI moments where I'm still sort of, after all these years, like ready for my AVP animated thing. Do you think they'll ever release it, that AVP? If it's done, it's only got to be a matter of time. I mean, really just going to keep that on the shelf forever? I mean, I guess it wouldn't be the first time that's happened with media, unfortunately. But I certainly hope with the attention that's been on it recently that it'll find its way out. Oh, God, yeah. And that proper exploded since I transcribed it and uh, posted it on the website. I'm glad to see so many of their outlets picking it up because it'd be nice to put a bit of pressure on, on Disney. I saw it on IGN. Yeah, I, I think they were the first to pick it up after they were. after us, and then it really spread, yeah. But that, that was just um, something you saw a lot of at the time because I think a lot of it was like the limited graphics of video games, right? They wanted to really impress you right off the bat so they would have these more polished CG intro things not only for the um you know before you'd start up the game itself but a lot of times extinction didn't have this unfortunately but a lot of times before sequences of the game and after you would have little cg bits like tomb raider had a lot of those the earlier tomb raider games on playstation but it's something i felt was kind of lacking with avp Mm -hmm. extinction actually because you start that off so strong and then two of the campaigns just end with you blowing yourselves up and just blinding white light and then no good job no yay we win no like any cg thing so i do feel like and i'm sure it was you know budget time constraints of course but i do feel like as cool as okay so the story is pretty much told with these pieces of artwork all great by the way i'd love to know who did those i'm gonna have to ask yeah um, when we get there we got to find that out. Yeah, but it has text descriptions of essentially what's going on from chapters to chapter. And then the narrator will kind of give a little bit extra. A lot of it's just kind of rereading the basic story objectives. But I do feel there was room for at least a few, at least at the end of the game, give us some sort of end cinematic, you know, something short. So it always felt like the story was a bit bare bones. 
it was interesting though, especially the predator side where you find out that the the council of ancients was just pitting these two clans against each other and just being total assholes there. And you had your, the predators, I think you have a problem with Aaron, the, the super honorable predators, you know, how they go in and it's like, Oh, he let himself be captured. We have to kill him. And I'm like, we just had AVP two where you're a predator who gets captured. And that is not a thing. Another interesting thing is this was the first one after AVP two to call the dog aliens runners. And I think maybe that made it stick, you know, because they're still called runners to this day. I think, there, and it's another, it's another thing in this game. The the games of this era, there was a nice bit of consistency between them. They were the runners. That's what we thought of them, and then the Praetorians as well. You know, there was it was the terminology made it into the lexicon of fandom, and you know that sort of goes throughout the games. But then there's other things in this in Extinction that I really like, and that is the sort of shared assets between AVP two and Extinction. There's a lot of the same reused sound effects used in different places, but also used for the same thing. You know, like the the sound, the pain sound effects that sniper when she gets hit i think is johnson from avp2 and rich ragsdale's music you know there's a lot of reused tracks from avp classic and avp2 but also a new title sequence and some new art for not art some new music for each of the campaigns the species as well that was great but there's this consistency between the two that i think would probably have really helped with the, the development cycle because they didn't have to do them didn't have to recreate these all and a little part of me is kind of like yeah that was probably maybe a little bit lazy but then in some of the interviews they they were talking about it being a very purposeful thing to keep everything feeling connected feeling the same feeling all consistent yeah we're reading the same thing that you know they wanted to sort of keep it the same and use the same assets and stuff from from avp2 but yeah, I really liked the uh, the score. I uh, I thought there were quite a nice blend of the alien and predator in there on each mission. Rich Ragsdale does not get enough love for his work on this era, in my opinion. You know, and I think that was something I tweeted a month or so ago when I was starting to do the prep for this, and it was just throwing some love his way because do I like his music better than any of the other stuff? I think I do. I think I like Ridge Ragsdale's pieces for, you know, the classic AVP2, AVP Extinction more than any of the other expanded. Yeah. And the other games. They were really great. And if they ever do make another AVP game, it would be awesome to bring him back finally. I think he did pieces for Colonial Marines as well. The old check six. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. cancelled one. And at one point, they were available on his website, and I think that's all lost to the uh, depths of time now. But yeah, when I think of like this era of gaming, and I think of the atmospherics, I think of his scores, his tracks. Like, I listened to the original AVP came with a disc. I say the original AVP Classic, AVP ninety nine. You know, it came with a, an additional disc of Rich's music that you could put in your disc tray, and if you were playing it without, if you were playing, if you were playing the game uh, AVP Classic with like the um, the no patch sort of stuff, it would play whatever was in your disc tray. I eventually learned that one day when I was wondering why the hell I got it was some poppy thing. It might have been like Hillary Duff. Why well, I always played AVP Classic and I got Hillary Duff playing. 
and it was because there was a CD in my drive. But yeah, they, they gave this disc because they didn't want to compress his music down. They didn't want to do like the MIDI files and, and ruin it. So they'd done this thing of giving the, the disc and letting it play through while you were, you were right. playing the game. Yeah. You would you would have to have the music disc in there. I remember that now. You install the game. It's the same thing with a lot of older PS1 games, I think, too. Like, you could just put the game disc in and it would play it as a soundtrack. I'm, I think Alien Trilogy might have might have done that Yeah, on a PlayStation. I just love Rich. I just love his work. And I would often listen to just the soundtrack on its own. And I love that this game reused some of his oldest, you know, I'd, I'd be playing the game and I'd recognize like classics menu music being in extinction, but like the new main theme, uh, the, you know, it's, it's the theme that plays during that cinematic. Is this stuff available to download somewhere? Cause I don't think I've got it. Probably on YouTube, surely. I mean, if you've still got, if you've still got your old EVP classic, you should still have a copy of that CD with the, that additional CD with the soundtrack in it. Yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. So just to talk about the narrative as well, sorry, that Ridgetop brought up earlier. I did like that. I mean, it wasn't a strong in-game narrative, let's be frank there. It is, as Adam said, all told through, primarily told through the these texts on these loading screens with great art. But, you know, there was bits in the middle of the game that sort of like, or the, the missions that sort of like eventually became a thing later on. You know, I think the second and third alien uh, marine mission is you coming across these random predator devices as you're doing your normal objective, which then becomes the basis of like the fourth mission where it's like, okay, I know we'd written these things off in the previous briefings, but we think we figured this out. We want you to go and find a new one for that mission. So there was like little moments and little sort of twists and stuff like that that would then show up later on down the line that i liked it could have been stronger but what it was doing i think was still entertaining and it was also set between this is relevant given some recent news about alien romulus extinction was set between alien and aliens really i did not know that i always thought it was supposed to alien three six or seven years before aliens i think is when this game takes place d any thoughts on narrative or story you're not playing a game like this, though, for the story, are you? Is the experience in the genre? Yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, I thought it was all right. You know, it's the story is pretty much what you'd find in one of the AVP comics, isn't it? And you've got all quite a lot of variety in there: K series aliens and Pred Queen, mm-hmm. Pred Queen, and uh, ancient predators and everything. So I, I thought it was all right. I didn't, I didn't mind it, but I, I didn't really sort of play the game just solely for the story. It's all just on the text, isn't it? It's not full massive cg cutscene showing you everything so it's i just want to get straight to the action and get on with it and then i think that it's really entertaining chaos as well which i think is one of the the reasons that you i kind of gave it a pass in terms of you know there not being lots of voiceover or, or narrative going off in the middle of the missions because once you'd got your forces built and once you were rocking up with exosuits and an army of aliens varying types you know i think the game really hit the nail with the flavor there's just something so satisfying about killing all the the various creatures and uh, humans and predators and dragging them back to your hive and chest bursting everybody and then just rocking up with this literal wave it felt like something from the comics you know it did it it felt kind of like the operations moment in aliens the game really nailed the flavor for me really did it felt like alien and predator as far as like the narrative itself though i believe it's this is a recently terraformed planet that they've been mining and 
at the same time, this one predator clan has been granted like exclusive hunting rights for the planet. They later find out another clan was also granted hunting rights. And it was all part of this ruse that the highest predator clan or whatever the, the order of ancients was pitting these two tribes against each other. And they had had an old base on this planet for a long time. And so the aliens had been there for a long time as well because of this. And this is what causes this whole clash. You have this human scientist, Dr. Kadinsky, who creates uh, alternate strain of xenomorphs, the K-series. So with each species, you have to fight your own species as well. I was surprised about that with the Marine campaign. You have these resistance camps that just enemy humans you have to fight. I don't think it really went into why they were a resistance force too much. But as the predators, you were competing against that other clan. You had to kill one of your predator members that was captured because it was dishonorable. And as the aliens, you were fighting the uh, the K series. It was interesting with the predator wise, you know, that I felt like it did as much as I hate like the the space Klingon stuff. I, I quite enjoyed the expansion that it did with like this idea of predator bureaucracy and exclusive uh, rights to certain planets and stuff like that with, with a little bit of uh, blood death competition thrown in there. It, it worked for me. I enjoyed that. It was funny how offended the predators were about the Predalien queen. They were just like one of our order of ancient elders themselves is going to come there with a nuke and you all die taking out the hive after you've killed all the aliens it's like wait what <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was funny being a sort of mirror of the marine final mission as well though where it was we just blow everything up like you guys can't set a timer for that or something <laughs> to be fair once i set the bombs i kind of like tried to get my units as far away as i could come on guys run i think there's like a two second countdown for both of them but um yeah no the final missions were fun at least as the aliens you get to survive so yeah true true and then the alien stuff was um i think set before most of the main events but there there was some degree of overlap in there that you know for a lot of people is an appeal of avp2 there's a thrill to the sequences where you like i think i think the overlap generally comes around the chamber where prince is captured you know in that game but it, it's it's a thrilling moment and there's some overlap in in extinction as well you know it was great to see like the alien hive that all the species would basically visit you know in the alien campaign you establish that cave that hive location and as the marine and the predators you have to go in there so i didn't think that was it didn't feel like the lazy sort of I said that might be a mean word when I talk about AVP 2010, but you know, AVP 2010 reused a lot of the same assets. And as much as I love that game, you know, sometimes that bit did feel lazy continually using the same uh, levels. But when it came to like this, it was that same sort of thrill of AVP 2 of revisiting the same places you'd been as other species. So that that worked a lot for me with with Extinction. And can I also call out how much I love that aliens can be dismembered? I will always love it when a game lets you do that. Yeah, when they're they're still crawling after mm-hmm. their enemies. Yeah. But to to make Ridley Scott super happy, they can regenerate. Maybe I must have missed that. Maybe mine all got killed. They got dismembered. Yeah, so, you know, when they're crawling about, if you can get them back to an area with the hive, with the resin, they will eventually heal enough health and grow their legs back. Hmm. I love that. I thought that was so cool. I was like, yeah, Ridley Scott's so happy right now. (laughs) I don't know if he knows about that. That was something he envisioned the aliens would do, is uh, grow back missing limbs and stuff like that. I think that was something he said in the commentary for Covenant as well, you know, when that alien gets cut in half with the claw thing. 
He's like, oh, well, he'll just come back. Yeah, basically, if I, if I remember my commentary right. But. Some of the missions did have an interesting objectives, though. Like when you find that captured predator, you see it like writhing on the table, you know, as well as there's one where you have to find this android that's like missing his arms. That was a secondary objective, I think. It was so useless in that mission. Yeah, but he would still just follow you guys around. I even tried to repair him because you could repair androids with the contacts, but it, it wouldn't let you repair him. It wouldn't like, let him okay. <laughs> You can tag along. You can't pick up the turrets, though. I guess that would be one, one way the D-pad could be useful is like keep your androids on the D-pad so you can mm-hmm. set up all the turrets immediately. Did you ever use the uh, sentry guns at all in the campaigns? Because I, I don't even remember ever using them. Yeah, when when I was defending the micro atmosphere processors, which is how you gain the currency in the marine campaign, I would usually place my turrets down then. I found them very useful for that sixth marine mission where you were destroying the anti the predator anti-air cannons. You know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, about being overwhelmed until I found like this little gully that you could set up the kill zone in. And I used the turrets for that moment there, had one like either side. But yeah, in general, I, I don't think they were... No, they weren't really many times to sort of like try and defend... And I love that in RTS is where you've got a few minutes and you've got to try and set up the your defenses. And, yeah, set up your defenses and just let them all come and just try and uh, pick them all off. That's most fun for me in RTSs. Did you have um, any particular memorable missions from this one, D? Any that sort of stood out in your mind? I mean, I always thought it was quite difficult playing as, as Marines because you've got your Comtech, you've got your Medics, you've got your Synthetics, and if you lose any of them, it's just game over, isn't it? Because you can't get any more once you lose your Comtech. So I didn't really like playing as, as Marines all that much, funnily enough. For me, it were always the aliens. I think, you know, creating a hive and, and doing all that and bringing bodies back. I know it's time-consuming playing as aliens, but I just think when you've got a full army of 40-odd aliens, you can just completely wipe out anything in its path, really. That was that the most fun for me, playing as the aliens. I think I agree with that. Yeah, the aliens were definitely the most fun. And I also, I was telling this to Aaron earlier, just the Marine campaign seemed to be the hardest overall. I mean, I know you had that Predator mission to difficulty spike, but overall, those later Marine missions, like you really have to be on it. The whole fog of war where the map is just completely black. So exploration is a big part of this. And a lot of these maps are just total mazes and you'll run into a lot of dead ends and have to make your way through canyons and stuff. But the aliens, yeah, once you built up a hive, it would really feel like you could just swarm anything. But that was another shortcoming in the game as well. What you mentioned, Michael, is that you could fail a mission like that. Like, I think I was live streaming one of the times with you, Aaron, when we were playing through this, and I was confused about this objective to secure one of the eggs at the end. So I just wiped out all these eggs, and it was like mission failed after I had spent 20 minutes doing this without saving. And I was like, oh, God. That's another thing. Each mission has uh, a par time that you're aiming to complete it under, and you get these little gold medals next to the, the mission title if you do and i know you were really after those aaron that's really the only achievements or achievement type thing this game has i guess well, but it was before the age of achievement that's true yeah but you're you're not going to get those on your first time like a lot of this game is like you were saying aaron trial and error and the fog of war it just makes it so a lot of times you'll just be wandering the map looking for that micro atmosphere processor or isn't that a typical thing in the genre as well yeah i kind of wish you could turn fog of war off I think there's a cheat. No, no, without without using cheats, I mean. And- but, I mean, the, the game had ways to 
negate that or, or alleviate that. You know, the, the, the aliens, I think it was the cystic drones, when it spat acid at a unit, if that unit got away, you'd still be able to track it through the, the fog of war and the predators had like the vision modes. Yeah, and you've got the motion tracker as well to help. So that's, I like how they've tied that in naturally to the fog of war, but just feel with that, it makes it really difficult, fog of war. I don't know, because I also felt it up the tension quite a bit because you could quite, <laughs> you could quite easily stumble upon the wrong area. And yeah, in some ways, that might be a little bit frustrating to then get absolutely nailed. And hopefully, unlike Adam, you've saved the game as you've gone along. I learned that quickly is you just end up saving like religiously after you fail a mission and you've spent so much time on it and then you just immediately fail. Like a whole mission can just fall apart. You've built up your army. Like I was just replaying that alien escape mission again recently and I ran in, into a wrong room that had like three turrets and I was instantly destroyed. And I was just like, ah, man. I think there's a nice variety of the missions though in the game. I think we mentioned earlier one of the later alien missions is you you are the aliens that have been captured. And thanks to the events of one of the predator missions where you're going to kill your the predator's going to kill this disgraced predator, the ramifications then go into the alien campaign where they've damaged some stuff that allows the aliens to get loose and you play these aliens that have got loose in the base and are then trying to establish a hive in the base. You know, you have to go and release other aliens and then uh, get your queen and then go and wipe everybody out. So I enjoyed stuff like that as well because it wasn't just wasn't always just you start with your base, you start with your base units and you create your army and then you go and do things. They did really switch it up with stuff like that. One of the marine missions is start without your contact. You start without a lot of units and you've got to go hook up with the remnants of, a, of another unit while also trying to keep this. I could never do it. I can't keep Kadinsky, not Kadinsky, his assistant. I can't keep his assistant alive, Adam. That I think it's the third marine mission. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, some of those secondary objectives, they're pretty tricky. Funny thing was, he... (laughs) So you can set for your unit different attitudes or or behaviors. You know, you've got aggressive, you've got defensive, you've got stand your ground, and you've got no attack. So they're, they're aggressive, they'll hunt, they'll chase down any enemy units they see if it's a defensive, they'll only react to them sort of attacking you, but they'll, they'll give them a little bit of a chase, stand your ground is what it sounds like, and no attack is what it sounds like. When I was playing it through, I had, I had the unit set on defensive, and this unarmed scientist <laughs> starts to punch go after and punch the aliens i was like this is why this is why you're not surviving these missions and i tried to put him on like no attack and stuff like that to keep him out of the way but yeah i couldn't keep him alive i would typically always use defensive just because it seemed if they were aggressive they would just pursue for too long and it would only be like a few of your units and they would eventually make it to an enemy group and just get wiped out yeah, so I was the same. I generally had them on defensive. It seemed like the better one. I would mostly flick between that and stand your ground. You know, like when we're hovering around an atmosphere processor or just trying to establish resource and stuff like that. Just hold your ground at this location. What about the control schemes? So reviews at the time complained about the controls, but I thought they were really well implemented. I thought that it felt natural for the console. Was this a case of like Resurrection, it being a little bit ahead of its time? I think maybe. I mean, you just didn't have a lot of RTS on console at that point. The genre was more associated with PC. So it could just be 
people weren't used to it. I mean, you would see more with games like Halo Wars and stuff like that. So, I mean, I found the controls fine. I think maybe they could have tweaked things a little further. Again, the game is kind of rough around the edges, but the important thing I think was that we still have fond memories of it and it showed that you could do ADP outside of just the genres we had seen of the side-scrolling beat-em-ups and more significantly the the first-person shooters. The concept is great as an RTS, you know. It was just, it felt like it wasn't fully taken advantage of with the lack of multiplayer. So if they ever did get around to a sequel, man, that would be that would be cool. Or even just a remaster of this one with extra features added. What about you, D? How did you feel about the controls? Um, if you've got all your units in one place, it's all right. It's fairly easy. But my problem is if, you've, if you're wanting to get around quickly to the other side of the map and everything, it is quite a slow process with your uh, control pad. I didn't mind the, the controls. Thought you know you could select all your, your units together and direct them off and what have you. And it, it worked all right for the most part. But I just I wish you had like a mini map and you could just click it to quickly go there and then uh, you know move multiple units at the same time. Yeah, because I mean on the multi map, uh, multi map, mini map, you couldn't move your cursor and then direct them there when you clicked it moved you on the map. I mean there were small bits like that that could have been a little bit more fluid. I wish you could also like zoom out because it seems very, very constrained, the uh, the picture. Yeah. And I wish you could just zoom right out and see more of the screen at the time. That's something I had issues with. Yeah, you have only three, three. Yeah, yeah, three camera modes. There's like really close, kind of close, and then still too close. But <laughs> yeah, you, you did need one that was a bit further, I think. I did like being able to zoom in and out, though, at least that little bit. Because then when you were like stand your ground and you triggered some sort of uh, encounter and you could just zoom in and see the chaos going off on the screen. Oh, that was brilliant. Another thing is you can't control the camera, but the game also has this mode when you pause, like a pause time mode in the options, where it allows you to control the camera. It's almost like a like little photo mode, kind of. I bet you were absolutely chuffed to bits when you... I Yeah, when you first told me about that, I was like, I'm sure it's like nothing, whatever. But it you can zoom in quite a bit, honestly, and you can control the camera. Can you zoom further out? Not too far. I'll have to double check on that. Uh, I don't think you can zoom out further than you can just regularly in game. I don't think we've said it all yet. You know, the game was developed by Zono Inc. and published by the big baddies that are EA. The only game in the franchises they've done. Indeed. And Zono didn't last too much longer after this one, 2007. Yeah, four years after this, they put out a, a Nintendo DS and PSP game. I think they did a Dungeons and Dragons action adventure game, which is probably their biggest after this. Well, and before it was Metal Fatigue as yeah, well. Yeah, I had read they did their previous RTS before this was Metal Fatigue, and I looked at images, and yeah, it does look kind of similar to AVP Extinction. I think I remember they did Mr. Bones for Sega-san. I think I remember playing that on, uh, on yes, the demo. Yes, yes, they did. Mr. Bones. <laughs> I think it's some of the same guys. Um, Jason Hoff worked on Mr. Bones, worked on extinction so yeah it was a shame like adam was saying you know about there still being potential to do more things after wanting a sequel and it's a shame zona didn't get to sort of reiterate on on what they've done here but as much as i enjoy the game as much as i think it worked for a console thing as much as like i enjoy halo wars demonstrating that bigger rts's can work on consoles if 
someone were to revisit the genre to do a, an RTS game for AVP again, I would want it to be a PC game. I want to see them take advantage of what the genre can do at its biggest. What about you guys? I mean, I think you're seeing more now that they can handle both versions pretty well. I mean, some games I've been into recently are Jurassic World Evolution 1 and 2, which is a park builder, and I had never really been into park builders before. So that game feels great on PC, but I have friends who have played it on console, and it's more tailored to that, you know? So just like we're going to see with Aliens Dark Descent, you know, that's coming out for console, it's coming out for PC. I'm sure the experience for a game like that where... It might feel a bit more tailored to PC, but they're definitely going to make it work well enough on console. So if we were to see another RTS AVP game, I, I would like to see that where, yes, you have a tailored for PC version, but it also runs really well on consoles. Yeah, I'd fully expect it to be on PC if they did another one. Um, but it's bound to be on consoles, in it? Because that's where the, the money is. So... It's like Company of Heroes 3. You know, that was a PC game and they've just now ported it over to uh, consoles. And again, I, I would have expected to see Company of Heroes on consoles, but they've done it. So I'd, I would expect another sort of AVP RTS to be on consoles as well, but hopefully get a PC release at the same time. I've, I kind of don't think I've given Dark Descent really much credit because I kind of just, I thought it were maybe too similar to Fireteam, which wasn't really my thing, but it does actually look a lot more like Extinction than yeah. I thought. I think that was a, the initial response a lot of people had, at least from what I saw on the socials. Yeah, I yeah. remember when that first trailer dropped and it just showed you a little snippet of gameplay at the end. People were like, oh, one of these games, come on. But like as they showed more and more over time and the kind of depth you would be going into in this different style, I think it became more exciting for people. I'm probably going to get that for PS5, I think. Not PC? I'd, I like having a physical copy. Yeah, fair. And it's coming out for PS5, so I want some on my shelf so I can keep. Yeah, I don't I don't have copies of Hunting Ground. I don't have copies of Fireteam Elite yet either, which makes me sad. How long's the campaign, the single player stuff, did they say in Dark Descent? I can't remember if they've given the time. Yeah, it's got to be in one of the interviews. Quite big, isn't it? So Yeah, well, you've got an entire planet, yeah. Has your enthusiasm, sorry for that game, should I say, changed? Are you are you looking forward to Dark Descent? Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to get it. I'm uh, I'm going to pre-order it and get it for PlayStation Five and uh, give it a good go. So I never really sort of got into Hunting Grounds or Fireteam Elite. I'm not a massive fan of massive multi online multiplayer games. I get bored fairly quickly, so I much prefer sort of single player campaigns. I think unless you have reg- those kind of games, unless you have mates that you're going to have regular skirmishes with, they lose a lot. I think you know those, those kind of cooperative games. But I'm I'm very much looking forward to to Dark Descent. I mean, it's going to be the first game designed with single player in mind that we've seen in these franchises for. I mean, since yes. <laughs> EVP 2010, really. And there have been some remakes, though, of Extinction of It years, and 
People have tried to get it done and it hasn't. Very nice led in for me, D. That was going to be the next thing I brought up. So, I mean, the game's obviously got a nice bit of legacy because there's been at least two attempts by fans to rebuild the game. You know, we are in this age where this is a thing that people can do. You know, they can attempt to rebuild classics. I, Adam, I've shown you that guy who's trying to remake the Jaguar AVP avatar. Yes, and that looks pretty impressive. Real quick, though, I have to correct myself. 2014, Alien Isolation was the last big single player. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes, of course. But yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lasting impact on the fandom that would lead to people trying to do this. Unfortunately, none of the efforts so far we've seen have um, amounted to anything, but I think that's a problem that you'll always have with amateurs doing these kind of passion projects. I think they take a lot more effort and involvement than people probably realize going into it. But I mean, even knowing that there's people who've made that start, who've started to put that effort into it, I think speaks to the volume that yeah. the game was probably liked a lot more than... Well, I mean, we'll we'll see that reading some comments soon. You know, the, the, the game wasn't well received critically. You know, it was... I mean, it wasn't heated on, but it was very yeah, mixed it was all and right. poor. But the fans did seem to really like this. And, and as we get towards the end, I'll, I'll start to read some of the comments on the social posts. Yeah, what I'd like is a, a StarCraft mod. Just something simple, just to reskin it, make it all Alien Predator. I'm surprised nobody's done that. Maybe they, maybe people don't feel the need to since it's uh, so obviously inspired by, I guess. But no, I, I agree. It, it's this desire to see the genre revisited for the license that I think makes me want to see that. Yeah, if there ever was another... I feel like they could implement base building a bit more, like setting up a colony or an atmosphere mm-hmm. processor or making more of a big hive, you know, or a predator camp or something like that. There, there would be room for it to grow within the genre. Extinction, because it's a lot... A lot more scaled down, you know, it is strat- It is unit management with a bit of resource management, but it's unit management. It's not such a high level. So you miss out on things like the dropships and the APCs. And, you know, the, the Predator has access to this kind of thing as well. You know, they have their own shuttles and some of the expanded universes and yeah, like the hover bikes. Yeah. So there's options there if they were to do a bigger, a higher level sort of strategy game. And I would love to see that. Has there been much concept art for this game it's been released. Yeah, no. be cool if we could find some of that. There's this really cool piece of art on the loading screens, though. That's like a Da Vinci redo with an alien and a predator. I always thought that was pretty cool. And uh, there's a nice, a very nice sort of um, what do they call it, Adam? The bestiary. Yeah. So you can go in the menu and you can get views of the models of all the different units, and it'll tell you a bit about the different units and their stats and stuff like that. So, which is a nice way to sort of pad out the lore as well, because it's interesting reading about the unique units to the game from inside the beast area. And that's fun. I remember the game had this really awesome promotional image too for some of the ads that was just this side profile of the alien, oh, the predator, yes. and the marine. That was like my laptop wallpaper for a long time. Was that one? I always thought that was cooler than the um, the cover art itself which i think was kind of a reuse of some of the old renders from avp you know the main artwork on the cover for the game maybe i might be wrong on it you're quite right um so again during this era when a lot of uh, assets were shared around you know avp classic avp2 there was promotional art that used these cg cg model cg renders of, of like the alien and and the That's predator right. those were from avp 99 i think those renders actually or, or for the promotion for it you know there were these wallpapers and stuff like that i think one of them even ended up in the the avp 
card game, the collectible card game that they did back in the the 2000s. I think it was the High Adjudicator, one of the the promotional shots was used as artwork for that card, which was a Predator class. Um, And of course, Thanatos Encounter also used one of those well-known alien images for their box cover, which was great. Do you guys have uh, anything specific, anything else you want to talk about the game? Or should we read some of the the comments? I'll just be curious when we uh, finally get to talk to some of the people who have worked on that game here for the next podcast to hear more about the development since not a lot of it's out there but yeah i mean just fond memories of this game it may be rough around the edges but it's definitely worth visiting again i'll still be playing it after this podcast i mean i have to for our our <laughs> let's plays but yeah it's it's been a lot of fun it's a it's a good challenge and uh sometimes it's a you know bang your head against a wall challenge but it's it's not out of reach it's not crazy difficult how about you dick yeah, I'm hoping to do like a, a prop. I've been meaning for years and years to sort of properly replay it on emulator. I've just I've always had this massive backlog of games to get through and I just I've never got around to it. So I'm I'm glad you've I've been wanting you to do like a, a let's play or live plays of Extinction because it's, it's one of those old games that I just always had a little bit of a soft spot for. As I got older, I really got into real-time strategy a lot more. So it's nice to sort of look back at Extinction and what they tried to do with it. But it's not a, it's not a total disaster as, as what I initially thought it to be. It's, it's all right. I'd, I'd probably say I'd give it about 6 out of 10, which I think is... What would you guys give it? I think a 6 out of 10 is fair, yes. But I think because of how well it pulls off the flavour of the franchises, I would probably go a seven. I think, yeah, if I put on my nostalgia glasses, probably a seven. But objectively speaking, I think a six would be fair. Yeah. Okay, then let's read some of the uh, the comments then. Adam, you kick us off. I've sent you the Twitter thread. Okay, so this is by Luke Woolhead. It says, haven't had a chance to play the game yet. Only played for a few minutes to make sure the game worked. Just wish it didn't make me scared that playing it would break my PS2. <laughs> Never heard that fan get so damn loud. So that that was like, that's actually a point. I think I read in I did go back and read some of the reviews from the Metacritics of you know the initial reviews and one of, one of the reviews mentioned how when you hit the full numbers as an alien the PlayStation did start to struggle a little bit. Yeah, it did um I had it on Xbox and it seemed to to run fine on that, but that's cuz the Xbox was the powerful console. That's true, but once you got more than a few units there it would uh, get all crazy. Have you guys still got the original consoles? Xbox, I do. My girlfriend has a PS2. I have a PlayStation, but my Xbox died a long time ago. It stopped reading discs, so I binned it. Or what was it called? Snake, I think my Xbox was called. No, I'm sure we've had this conversation. The Xbox has had names. They came from the factory with names. Oh, that's right. Like one was Scorpio for the new one, right? Like... No, as in individual Xboxes had names oh, hmm. from the factory. My family had two. I had one and the family had one. And I think one of mine was called Snake and one of them was called Wicker. Interesting. I'll have to look up more about that. So I forgot to mention this real quick. One last rough around the edges bit. As cool as some of the sounds were in this game, in those later levels, when so much is happening, the sounds just get overwhelming and loud. And like, it's just noise. And yeah, I think maybe the sound mixing could have used a bit more, a bit more time in this one. See, I liked that because it contributed to this chaotic feel of, of the conflicts. Yeah, I mean, it, the sounds themselves were, were good, and some of the reused ones worked really well here, too. It's just when it began to be a bit much, I'd have to go in the menu and turn down like the sound effects because <laughs> it would just get so overwhelming sometimes. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. Well, it wasn't just me because I watched a video recently. Um, Mandalore? Yeah, 
something like that. Did a YouTube video uh, reviewing EVP extinction. Well done video. Check it out. And also, um, uh, G-Man Lives did a retrospective recently. Uh, he's another big gamer YouTuber uh, where he went over EVP extinction. But back to the comments. Let me get back to the comments here. So the Count of S says, I absolutely adore the mechanics featured in this game and the narration key art told a surprisingly compelling story. My personal highlight was realizing a small balanced marine fire team was greater than a giant clumsy force. Micromanagement was hard, but extremely rewarding for Marines. And yeah, it's even if you have a giant force with the max units you have, you can die very quickly if you're not playing smart in this one. SS Fitzgerald says, I love the game, but the lack of replayability made it suffer. A simple skirmish mode would have made this game a great standout. Not releasing a PC version made modding non-existent. Yeah, I do think that would have helped. But at the time, the constraints, it's its understandable. Well, there was talk, I think, of them porting to PC. It wasn't outside the realms of possibility. But I, I think that probably the response to the game nicks that idea. Anyway, pick another couple more and then we'll go over to Facebook. Okay, this one's by at Havoc Deathwalker. Really solid entry in the AVP franchise, though the game could get repetitive. The concepts for the different factions that this game brought to the table were wonderful. And specifically for the Xenomorph, some of those are still talked about, like the Ravager or the Carrier. Jacob Proffer says AVP Extinction was my first RTS. It was a bit to learn as a kid, but overall a lot of fun. I mainly only played the Marine campaign. I booted up my original copy a few weeks ago on my PS2. Still works just fine. Bananarama Max Max says, I miss playing this a lot. I've had a lot of good memories of it. Showing it to my cousins and spending hours on the same missions, but changing approach to please them been a while. Yeah, so a lot of, you're right, Aaron. A lot of people have uh, fond memories of this. Mothra's Wing Photos, a super underrated fun game. Let's flick over onto the Facebook one as well then. Dave Gogol, formerly of um, the Hard Mind podcast and Xenomorphing. I was absolutely terrible at it, but it was fun. RTSs aren't usually my thing. However, sending alien swarms out was fantastic. Dave Fisher says the fact it didn't get a PC release is criminal. This is the only game I wasted hours on one level as the Xeno was trying to cover entire maps in Hive and constantly making Xenos as one level had respawning cows. Yeah, I, I liked that there was wildlife. That was something that only really games of this era did in the AVP sort of franchise, you know. It, it will build the local fauna and, and flora in some cases. But like even I think this game introduced the acrylic i think they were called they were like these giant scorpion sized things that would then make it into concrete jungle at least into the, the cinematics of concrete jungle i think yeah we didn't talk about the indigenous life of the planet at all you had the the grow tea the legendary beasts it was random world building doing these creatures but it was still fun and the fact that it then influenced what type of aliens you could spawn you know, the game made you think about the DNA reflex. If you want a drone, you have to go and infect this creature. If you want a runner, you have to go and infect this creature. You know, I liked that. I thought it was great. Matthew Jarjosa used to play it all the time as a kid and loved it. I never had the opportunity to play the AVP games on the PC. So AVP he gave me an opportunity to play something approximating those games that was a little less intense and a little bit more kid-friendly. Yeah, because the, the, the FPSs were M-rated, whereas this is, um, at least in the UK, 12+, plus, so it's more teenage. 
Well, although Matthew's taking a turn here, in hindsight, it definitely pales in comparison to other real-time strategy games like StarCraft. The gameplay wasn't super in-depth, no base building, limited resource gathering, and despite all the unique types and specializations, the game was mostly just about creating more units than the enemy and then moving them in. It also wasn't particularly scary. That's partly why uh, why it was more kid-friendly, and even as a kid, I felt like it should be scarier. I don't know how well the god view of the RTS genres serves the Alien or Predator series. That said, I wouldn't mind seeing a spiritual successor with updated RTS game mechanics, such as the aforementioned base building and etc. And looking at games like Diablo and the upcoming Dark Descent, I'm sure they could come up with a way to instill dread in the player and still deliver a unique RTS experience. So I'm not quite as enthusiastic about the game we got, but again, you know, there's ways to make the Alien and Predator work in an RTS that I think Matthew sees there. Daniel Sharp, I had a blast with it. Wasn't what I was expecting, but translated the lore to an RTS really well. Building up your own hive and swarming the Marines never loses its charm. Tom Fulton, something we've talked about here as well. You know, my only reservations with it were that it didn't have a randomized skirmish mode or a PC port, both of which would have greatly extended its replayability. I'd probably still play it today if it had those. And a bunch more posts similar. You know, a lot of a lot of love on the Facebook as well. Dee, did you want to read any Instagram comments yeah just looking at the uh the instagram tolby wolfen says the game deserves a remake it was my first turn-based strategy game and it was so much fun i wish the original had been on pc since my xbox is packed away not being used anymore uh, malcolm morgan 99 says i miss this game so much i wish they would remake for new systems rudy boss is boss gmg this is one of the best games i've ever played at charlie eels Pinoza. i miss that game i hope we can see more at rts yeah there's, there seems to be a lot of calls for it to be remade you know do something new with it with the, the genre there's still a lot of a lot of sort of desire i suppose but is it enough to sort of sell lots of units I don't think it necessarily should have a remake or a remaster. I think they should just fully commit to doing something new with the genre and the license. It doesn't need to be an AVP Extinction 2. It just needs to take that genre, take that concept, bring it up a level and do more RTS with it rather than this unit-based thing. Do StarCraft, but with Alien versus Predator. But is a is a new RTS though going to be more financially, you know, beneficial than a, a new AVP shooter? I mean, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a fair point. One because a lot of people are are missing those as well, and it's been a long time since we've seen any AVP game really. I think we're at this point where I think people would quite happily create both. Yes, it has been thirteen years since an AVP shooter. A little less since we've had an AVP game that was pretty decent, to be fair. You know, uh, Evolution on iOS and Android. You know, it, it was a fun game, but it's. I think since I think since Isolation, the game, the franchise has gone very double um, A in terms of what we're getting, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think I said this on on one of the Facebook groups. It might have been the Wailing Utani Bulletin, actually. You know, it, it's a shame that Alien specifically has now got this stigma thanks to fucking Gearbox and Randy Pitchford and Colonial Marines. But every game after that has been great. You know, Isolation has undoubtedly been one of the franchise's best. And even though all we're getting at the minute is these AA titles, they're still good AA titles. They're still really good experiences. And, you know, Focus could decide to do bigger budget ones as well. I'm excited to see if they indeed have the Alien license or maybe beyond that. I don't know. 
I mean, they've had games like A Plague Tale that have been nominated for, for Game of the Year. You know, they've done some really solid games. There's been rumors from Tom Henderson that an isolation sequel is finally in the pitching phase, and we know Creative Assembly is hiring for something, so who knows? There's still the Servia survival horror game that's up in the air. Not sure what's going on with that. But nothing for AVP. Nothing at Yeah, all. nothing. Well, I mean, AVP in general as a franchise, all we've really had since the merger is the last comic from Dark Horse, Thicker Than Blood, and then the two novels from Titan, Rift War, and Ultimate Prey. So AVP is just unfortunately being neglected these days. So I, I hope Marvel Comics will like kickstart AVP again. It's a shame because, I mean, Josh Izzo talked about it in his interview with Perfect Organism. You know, it was a great interview. Go listen to that one from Alien Day. But he sort of talked about how, thanks to the reputation of the two movies, you know, it had become this looked down upon property. You know, Requiem, as much as Adam loves it, you know, it is notoriously bad or has a notoriously bad reputation. You know, it's like I said with the Clone of Marines, it's, it's a stigma. And I'm just hoping Disney don't have the same outlook on it because there's still a lot of really good AVP material out there. You know, a lot of the, the original comic is still fantastic and the, the games were fantastic especially from around this era you know this one might have been a bit more rough around the edges but classic and and avp2 were great with legs in the concept and you know hell dark horse went out on an absolutely fantastic end thicker than blood was brilliant you know adam you and i both loved that and i would hold it as one of my favorite pieces of avp material so you know they went out on a high and then the anthology you know, the Ultimate Prey had some really good ones, a couple that were less so, but overall fairly solid. And we need to get around to Rift War already. We just need to do it. To be, to be fair, I, I do not, I don't have much hope for Rift War based on the, the three chapters or so I've read of it. But yeah, that, that that's contrary to my point, Adam. <laughs> oh, sorry. There is good AVP material is my yes. point. They, they did bring that up in the press announcement for uh, Marvel getting the licenses. They didn't mention AVP, so it's only a matter of time before we see Marvel start that again. And to be fair, I wonder how much of that is, again, the lawsuit that messed everything up and probably killed Hunting Grounds. You know, how, how does that affect the crossover? Because we still don't know the ramifications of that lawsuit on, on Predator. So we don't know how that affects any potential AVP material. True. Yeah, that's a fair point. Did they settle that? They settled, but we do not know the terms of the settlement because the lawsuit was never over, you know, the copyright. It was over the dates of when things would revert. So we have no idea what's come of it. The reporting at the time, though, made it seem like they had reached some kind of arrangement for Disney to continue managing the properties. But yeah, we don't know. Specifics aren't public, but we've seen licensed stuff since then. So one would hope that they came to some sort of arrangement. And and I think the thing to remember there as well is praise and predator film in terms of branding. True, but it was still specifically mentioned in the lawsuit. So Not true, but we'll see. We'll see. But that, I mean, that lawsuit did. Got the Predator font. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the lawsuit did kill Hunting Grounds, you know, and there's other things that we're aware of that it killed. So maybe that plays a factor into why there's no AVP stuff. Maybe that plays a factor into why we don't have the anime. Let's hope not. Yeah, we'll see. And on that positive note. <laughs> 
Right. Well, everybody out there listening, you know, if you didn't get your comment read out or you want to share your thoughts on on AVP extinction with us, please do feel free to um, post in the comments of wherever you're listening to this on on the the Facebook page or on the Twitter page or on the website or on YouTube. You know, do feel free to let us know your opinions on the game below. Um, you can also email us at podcast.avpgalaxy.net. We should, all being well, uh, have a very nice interview with some of the people that worked on the game coming up soon, which I'm very much looking forward to. And I also imagine we're going to have lots of our time taken up by uh, Tindalos' Aliens Dark Descent mm. over the next couple like of months. June as well. July. Because yeah. we have some interviews lined up there, and we'll also have our review episode on it as well. Uh, Adam, where can uh, folk find us? You can always find us on our website, avpgalaxy.net where we have all sorts of features and information on the films and editorial pieces, as well as our message boards where you can talk with other fans. And we're also on all the major social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Aaron, where can people follow you personally? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Corporal Hicks, and that's Alien, Predator, Halo, Star Trek, all my uh, all, all my various nerdy interests, and that's the only place I'm online. And if you'd like to follow me personally, it's at Ridgetop21 on Instagram and Twitter. D, you you getting out your social media yet or not yet? can find me at Darkness7148 on Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter that much anymore. I check it occasionally. Well, thank you, everybody. Oh, and as well, I've got to ask this every time now. I need to remember to. You know, if you are watching this on a place that allows you to review or rate, you know, the podcast or the episode, please do. It it helps us with our... I hate doing this. You know, I fucking hate doing this. It it helps us with our visibility to other listeners, other fans. And if you uh, know any other folk out there who are also into the franchise, who you think might be interested in listening to our ramblings, please do feel free to share them. Share the episodes with your your fellow fans that you you know of. Again, it all helps us. It all helps our visibility and um, helps us make more stuff. Or helps encourage us to make more stuff if we know people out there actually give a shit about what we're saying. So uh, please do let us know. And if you're going to throw that in at the end here, I will do one as well. So we actually oh, you've got get, to you've got to remember got to do to. this. Now. So we we do have our first sponsor, uh, Entertainment Earth, which is an online retailer, and they do offer a number of Alien, Predator, and AVP merchandise. So if you're in the market for those, if you use the URL ee toys forward slash AVP Galaxy, it really does help us out. It also gets you 10% off any in stock item, as well as free shipping on orders fifty nine dollars or more. See, I'm getting the hang of that. You can also just use promo code ABP Galaxy during checkout as well. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This has been Corporal Hicks. Rich Top. This is Danis. And are you looking at me or the clock? Since that's the AVP side off. Is that the, the official that's one the now for all the AVP ones? Yeah. Alright. I can go with that. Thank you everybody. Mm-hmm.